What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's conversation is with Kayla Christian, someone who embodies the art of building better habits for herself, all so that she can empower others to do the same. In this episode, we talk a lot about detaching from our old selves through the development of habits that have helped us become happier and healthier human beings. Kayla does an amazing job of describing what it is like to start choosing what is best for you and ultimately how to completely uproot your old life and pivot to a bigger and better version that you determine for yourself. So if you are someone who is thinking about making some shifts in your current life, this episode is jam-packed with information to help you do so. So let's give it up for Kayla Christian. What is up, Thrive fam? CJ Finley here again with another Thrive on Life podcast episode. Today, I'm sitting here with Miss Kayla Christian. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am super stoked. It's Monday, um, and it's weird because I, I think I've been recording a lot on Mondays recently, and it's one of those things that I love kicking my week off this yeah. way with an awesome discussion. And I want to just jump right into it today. Why do you have a tattoo that says now on yeah. your wrist? So it has a few different reasons behind it. Uh, I saw this book on the table and it says now is the time. So obviously when it comes to seizing the moment, all we have is now. But I definitely grew up as just an anxious child, an anxious person. And I have to constantly remind myself to not be in the past or the future, like all we have is now. So it serves as a reminder. I literally see it every single day as I do my stretches, like remember to just live in the now today because at the end of the day, that's all we have. So it's definitely been a huge thing for me to just have that on my body as a reminder. I love that. Obviously, if anybody knows me, I have a ton of tattoos mm -hmm. that are constant reminders to myself. It's funny, I actually on my IGTV today uh, just posted about how showing up to the gym and working out and training, a lot of my tattoos just help me get there to yeah. show up in life. And I love how you have now, and I might have to actually like get that. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but uh, I do have an, a question that comes up when we think about what you just said, where I think a lot of people struggle with that. They mm -hmm. are thinking about, they're upset about the mistakes that they've probably made in the past, mm -hmm. or they're afraid of the now because of the things that they've done in the past and the yeah. mishaps. So they live in a scarcity mindset now. And then also the anxiety that they get from the future. In your eyes, what is like the reasoning behind the human body having that. And that, this is kind of abstract, but yeah. before we hopped on here, you were mentioning how much of a kind of like a thinker you, you are and were. And I have the same issue of like, you could be here in the now, like physically, but mentally it's like you could be somewhere else. Yeah. Why do you think as humans, we have that? That's, a def that's definitely a deep question. And I think it's just our innate nature to feel that way. I mean, it's really hard when you are a thinker too, you're always like, what could I be improving on? What if, what if like asking so many questions? And I think it's just kind of in our human nature. So 
just trying your best to detach yourself from those thoughts and being like, I'm not my thoughts and I don't have to listen to those things happening and removing like the judgment and the blame because I just think that's kind of how human brains are wired. And I think just as much as we can detach ourselves from that and realize like we have like 60,000 thoughts a day, if we can't possibly be all of our thoughts. So being like, okay, recognize, become aware of when that happens and say, I think it's just reminding ourselves constantly. It's a battle every single day that, okay, all I really have is now. So it's not natural, but the more we can shift our mindset into that, I think is what's going to really benefit us. Yeah. It's almost like your body has to overtake your brain. Cause I, yeah. I feel like a lot recently I've been diving into the brain is potentially its own thing. And then mm-hmm. the body is something else. And a good example I have for this is when I am training or when I am doing a project, like a creative project in the beginning, it's very like sticky. It like mm-hmm. kind of sucks to be honest. Um, but as soon as you start, I would say if you're training sweating um, or when you're in that creative process, as soon as you get into the flow of it, your body kind of takes over mm-hmm. and it becomes natural rather than your brain. And you reach this, this flow state and in your world and growing up, where did you find that flow state that what was causing anxiety and your kind of your monkey mind is what mm-hmm. I would call it. And then what would kind of like bring you into flow? Cause yeah. I think a lot of people when we're younger, it's easier to, to acknowledge it. And then when mm-hmm. we're older, there's so much noise that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even know what their flow yeah. really is. So for me, a lot of anxiety was driven by, perfectionism and needing to be perfect in like every area of life. And like I said, also asking so many what if questions, just questioning what the universe was about. So there was definitely a lot going on. And I think this is something that I talk about now, like embracing your inner child. For me, I also really loved being creative. So anytime I got outside and in nature and was just curious and, you know, drew in my coloring book when I was really young into just other things like I got really into music as well. And so just finding those little things, I think bringing that into our lives now and just seeing how you can really embrace that inner child. I think when we get older, we confuse immaturity with play and there is a lot of noise. Like just get outside, go touch some plants, you know, get creative, get curious. I think that's how I used to get in my flow state. And I've now as an adult, in order to get back into that flow state. I know for me, getting in nature is really big. That's when I feel my most creative. If I'm ever just in some type of block or I'm feeling really anxious, grounding, getting outside and just, you know, making time for myself to do that is what really helps. I love that. And I'm a big proponent of nature. And it's interesting because I wrote about this on Twitter, I think recently, especially for men, right? We were just talking about sports and Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get into this because Kayla was a soccer player just like me, Um, but we'll get to that. For men, we go from, like, we're thrown into sports when we're a young kid, and then so much of our life is being on a team and and being in that environment. And if you didn't play sports as a kid, maybe you were, um, you like science and science fairs and stuff like that, but you also had, like, your your squad Mm -hmm. of people. And then when we get into college and everyone starts trying to compete for jobs and like the next step in life, you then get the job and everyone scatters across the the world, wherever they go. 
and you don't have your team anymore. And the worst part about it is you don't have your team and now you're literally in a cage in a zoo. That's yeah. what I look at like the office as. Yeah. Like you literally went from you were a wild animal to now you're in a cage for 10 hours a day. And we wonder why anxiety, depression, suicide are raising. But one of the things that I want to inspire and motivate other people to do is one, realize this in the first place that like we weren't meant to be in this box. Mm -hmm. We were meant to be in nature and we actually are connected to plants, animals, all these uh, other organisms on this planet. But two, be creative. And you mentioned that. So I'd love to dive a little bit into what does creativity look like to you? Because I think what stops a lot of people, if it's, I'm, if I'm just like, do things that, that are more creative or change your life so that you can have more creativity. Again, I just think a lot of people are struggling to even understand what that is for mm-hmm. themselves. So maybe hearing them, like kind of your creative journey will help them kind of discover it within themselves. Yeah, I think it's really important to recognize how, different we all are and creative looks different for everyone. So I think it all starts with just asking yourselves those questions of when do you feel most like yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, like not what your mom says you are, not what your teacher says you were, not what your old self thinks that you are. Like what just close your eyes and be like where do I feel like me? Where do I feel creative? And consistently asking yourself those questions. So that, I know that's what I do, and it's been really helpful for me. And it can also look different. We're, like, constantly changing. So it could be different six months ago than it is now. So making sure you're consistently asking yourself those questions. One of the things that I do every single morning when I wake up is ask myself, okay, what would make me feel good right now? What would make me feel my best? And then leaning into that that day or that period of time. So, I love the part where you said, your old self mm-hmm. attaching to what you think you should be feeling. Let's let's do a little game here. Like what would 10 years ago mm. Kayla like attach to? <sighs> okay, how old was I? Like 14. Uh, I would definitely attach myself. I mean, we talked about sports just as, oh, I'm the athlete. I'm the athlete of the family. I am the one who strives to be perfect. I have to be perfect in every way. So I would attach myself to a lot of external things and derive my worth and validation from that. So sports, school, people, needing people to like me and feel, you know, that's how I would fulfill myself. And I think it's been a long process of just breaking out of that day by day and unlearning. I I like to say there's a lot more to unlearn than there is to learn. I say that lightly because, of course, I think it's inevitable. We're constantly learning. We're we're humans. But recognizing there's a lot to unlearn as well. And one of the biggest things is what we feel like we should do or should have been doing in the past. That's powerful because in my world, I connect so deeply with that having played sports since I was three years old, all the way up until, let's see, I'm 30 now. I haven't played a organized sport in like three years now, two or three years. So that's like 25 plus years Mm -hmm. of playing an organized sport. And I didn't really realize how much of my identity I was attaching to athletics and, Mm -hmm. and 
things of that nature until like I really left and I was like, wow, there's these other things that I feel like I want to do and be creative in, whether it's photography, videography, writing. So when you detach yourself from that identity from 10 years ago and took that pressure off yourself, what did you find that it unlocked for you? It unlocked a lot. I think we just, we put ourselves in these boxes and we're not like you, you kind of said that too, but we're not supposed to be in boxes. We are capable of so many things. And so for me, it was just recognizing I don't have to just be the athlete. I can be anything else. I can be, you know, I was very risk averse growing up. And so one of the biggest changes for me was just realizing I don't have to be that way if I don't want to. I can face my fears. I Another one of the tattoos I have is about facing your fears because it's like not the absence of fear, but it's taking the step to face them and not let them control your life. So it definitely helped me just realize that I can do these things. We're our own worst critics and we hold ourselves back the most. So it's like just realizing I can do these things if I make the choice to. What do you believe are the biggest fears that most people have? Mm. Like, so you, you're 24 yeah. and like, let's say from like age 20 to 30, like that range, what do you think is the biggest fear in most people that you've recognized? Being judged or looking foolish and feeling vulnerable, like people can see what you're afraid of. Ooh, that's interesting. People can see what you are afraid of. I've actually never thought of it that way. Like where if, if someone knows what you fear, then is it because, do you think is it because somebody could take advantage of you mm -hmm. then? I think we have this fear of like, if we, when we let people in and people know, then they can use that against us. And we don't want to feel that way. We want to feel in control, right? We constantly are like trying to control, control, control. But at the end of the day, we really don't have control over a lot of things. And if we're going to let that be what's stopping us from living our fullest life to our fullest potential, then that's not really a way to live, in my opinion. And it's interesting you mentioned control because like, if you realize that everything is un like incontrollable, mm -hmm. you're actually in control more. That's how yeah. I kind of like yeah, think about true. it. If I like think about, well, life isn't what happens life doesn't happen to me, it happens for me, mm -hmm. that age old Love saying. So it's just like, if it's happening for me, then I'm actually in control now because mm -hmm. I'm controlling my response yeah. to whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that type of mentality is interesting because I talk to a lot of people and they'll be like, oh, I'm OCD or I'm a control freak or I'm this. And it's funny to me because when they say that, I'm actually like, well, you're, you're showing, your actions so the opposite mm -hmm. because the things you actually are trying to control are incontrollable, but the things you aren't controlling, your response, your reaction, yep. your anger, whatever, those things you technically can control, mm -hmm. but you're not. Yeah. So are you really? Um, yeah. It's, it, it's definitely an interesting thing. That yeah, one of the biggest things that I learned growing up from my dad actually was you can only control two things, your actions and your attitude. Mm. And that's been something that I've, you know, taken with me. And especially having an anxious mind and wanting to control everything, constantly reminding myself, okay, I can only control my actions and my attitudes. I, I'm pretty big into journaling. So whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'll literally make a list of like everything that's causing me stress or anxiety right now. 
have a column right next to it where it says, okay, is this controllable or uncontrollable? And write down controllable, uncontrollable, controllable, uncontrollable. The ones that are uncontrollable, I will literally cross out and kind of take a deep breath and try to release them. And the ones that are controllable, I'm like, okay, what are one to three action steps I can take today that will help relieve some of the stress and you know keep me moving forward? I love the practicality to that in even just writing things down, like mm -hmm. seeing things I think is a huge thing for a lot of people yeah. um, to be able to see it in words or see it on something. Cause then it's, it's more objective than subjective of just being in our world. It's like, I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, a lot of our thoughts, this comes from the book, The Untethered Soul, mm. which you mentioned earlier. Um, Best book. If you took your thoughts outside and made them your friend, like, and like your negative thoughts, would you be that person's friend? No. Mm -hmm. So if you took those thoughts out and you put them on paper, you realize, well, like, wow, I need to disassociate yeah. with these types of thoughts, right? Um, but I want to take a couple steps back because you mentioned unlearning, and I've been thinking about that since you've mentioned that and what has been the, the lesson that's caused you the most struggle to unlearn that you find yourself continuously being like, you know that you should change, but it's just really hard. I mean, the biggest thing that comes to mind is something that we've kind of already talked about, but just that you can be whoever you want to be and that you don't have to put yourself in that box. Cause I think, just as humans, we it's we do this with everyone else, right? Like, I it makes us feel safe when we kind of know the parameters of what someone is. And when someone steps out of that box, we're like, it's more about us. We it get, makes us feel uncomfortable and out of control. So, just realizing that we are multi-dimensional beings and we can be anything, and learning that there's something that I feel like I need to be doing or I should be doing, and I can really do anything. That's been a big one. Um, trying to think of something else that has been really big to unlearn. Might have to come back to you on it because I know that there's a lot in mind. Yeah, it's one of those things where there's probably so much that it's hard to narrow yeah, down. It's, it's like, like when you have two choices, it's easy, but when you have a ton of choices, mm -hmm. and I, it, it's got me thinking about the thing that I had to unlearn the most was that life isn't linear. Mm, yep. It's especially like my, the way that I think that I used to think it would just be like, okay, I'm just going to get the A's and then I'm going to yeah. do this and then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to do that. And then it's the, it's the zero sum game of realizing none of that actually is making you happy. Mm -hmm. And the things that are making you happy, even if you keep stacking them, you're like, wow, there's just more to do. Yeah. Cool. I got more work to do the rest of my life. Like, wow. And another thing that I was talking with a couple of my friends about where so everyone mentioned, like you, you said, you can control your work ethic and you can control your attitude. So you could choose like your actions to like be kind, work hard, do all those things. And then you can choose the attitude of being positive, right? And I think a lot of people struggle with, well, if I do these things for one day, like what does it get me? And they're focused on what do you get out of the, the action or the attitude and I think that's something I had to unlearn because our school system teaches that. It's like, mm -hmm. if I study, I get. Yep. If I practice driven. really hard, I get the trophy. If I do X, Y, Z, I get. Yeah. Rather than really understanding what it is that you're going for and 
that comes from the abundance mindset of like serving and, and giving. Things happening for us and not to us. I yeah, think. and who you become throughout that process, whether you get the trophy or you get the A, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a major thing that I had to unlearn. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Kayla. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Kayla Christian. Now that we talked about kind of like unlearning, what are the things that you think people should be looking in to learn if they want to kind of detach themselves from their past and be more present in the now, like yeah. your tattoo says. Like what, what must you learn? What must you step into to kind of be here now and, and present? I think kind of what we touched on is like what, what makes you feel like yourself and what makes you feel joy and passion and embodying that now because the verbiage that we use is very powerful. So like thinking, okay, you imagine yourself in the future to feel whatever it is you want to feel or whatever it is you want to achieve. And it's like, but make the choice to feel that now, embody it now. If you want to feel more content, then like make the choice to feel content now. If you want to be a better friend, like be a good friend now. Or if you want to have better friends, be the friend that you want to be. So I think... Yeah, just embodying that and making the conscious choice to do that every single day. That is interesting because I, I always use the word do, like like do then think mm-hmm. for a lot of people because we're over I'm an overthinker. So I notice that if I just do, it helps me. If I just go for the run, the thought then gets clarity, right? But I, f- I like the word embody more. Um, I haven't actually thought of it like that where – I have used a statement where just be the person that you wish to be today, right? Mm -hmm. But that's where if it goes back, I'm thinking like if people wrote down their characteristics of who they want to embody and then they just executed across the board on that, then they end up becoming that person. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd love to flip this conversation into kind of like what we were chatting about prior to, to jumping on here, which was more revolving around sports and who we thought we were compared to who we actually want to become. And this is more of, I didn't even know that you played soccer and I would love to just dive into a little bit more of your, your backstory of when did you start playing? Where did you grow up? Like 
what at, what were you playing other sports? Um, and yeah, we'll just run run it from there. Yeah, so it's kind of funny when it comes to soccer. Maybe this was telling, but the first season I played was just whenever you could start, like five years old. I actually didn't like it. I didn't play the next season after, and I don't know what happened, but then I guess the next season I just decided to play again, and then ever since then, that's a whole story I'll get into of just it kind of just building off of the next year and then the next thing to do and the next thing to do was to play in college and not really taking the time to reflect and be like, is this actually what I like or enjoy doing or is this just kind of going on to the next step? But I definitely was interested. I've always been interested in so many things growing up, like playing different sports. I would see someone doing something and be like, oh, that sounds fun. And so like gymnastics and basketball and just was very curious about learning about all the different types of sports. And I know something you mentioned too before we um, hopped on here was just being interested in all these things and being forced into one thing. That was something I definitely struggled with too because I, you know, like I said, we're not supposed to be in boxes. We're supposed to explore all these different things, but kind of like the school system and society tries to put you into this thing. It's like, nope, you have to focus on this one thing or else you're... I don't know, doomed. So like you have to stop exploring these other options and like really just do this. And I get the whole thing where it's like really focus on one thing to improve on it. But I think I was just always interested in learning about other things and just started only doing soccer and then kind of lost track of time and it was just the next thing. And like I said, never really took time to think about if it was something I really enjoyed or not. You said just where I grew up to. I grew up in Northern Virginia, and sports were very prevalent there too. So it was just known to, you know, be a part of something like that. Um, and then what else was part of the question? No, no, that was, that was great. The yeah. reason I asked like the, the words you grow up part is just more to connect with the audience so they yeah. can understand like, where are you from? Um, how'd you get connected and involved? I was in, I grew up in the Northeast, very sports heavy culture mm-hmm. um, there. So kind of got shuffled into that. You mentioned prior to chatting here that you quit your senior year. Mm-hmm. What was, what happened? Like, so you went, I mean, if you're starting at five, you, you're going, yeah. you're talking like 15 plus years of going down this path. What ultimately led to you carving a, a new one? Yeah. I called this my uh, early life crisis because it, it kind of has, this is kind of to your point too about, um, I think we become obsessed with like the story and we want it to be this like linear growth, but it's not. And sometimes I do look back and wonder if it was the right decision to quit or I could have really focused here and what would have happened. I definitely still ask myself those questions because my growth story is I had this crisis at like 20 years old where I realized I was very dependent on other people. I was dependent on other people and external things for my worth. And one of those was soccer because it's all I knew and I didn't know who I was without it and I didn't want to let anyone down by saying that maybe that's not really what I want to do anymore. I'm interested more in thinking about things like travel and granted I was definitely very privileged to be able to make the decision to stop playing and explore different areas of my life but yeah I hit that stage and just was like I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know like who I am and I'm just ready to explore other areas. So how did that show up in your life? An example I have is for me, 
when I was playing, like I love skateboarding, yeah. but I stopped skateboarding because I didn't want to get injured for my sport, right? Because if you get injured, then yada, yada, yada. They put all this noise in your head, right? Um, but that was one way it showed up for me. Like one of the creative outlets I had was skateboarding. So in a practical sense, if all you knew was soccer and you can look back now, what do you think, what experiences do you think you potentially would have gotten involved in if you kind of didn't hold yourself back? Mm -hmm. One thing is probably music. I always really liked singing, but I think back then I looked at it something that was kind of nerdy or just, you know, I had the wrong idea of, I mean, there's no right and wrong, but I just associated certain things in my mind of what was cool. I think I was just so obsessed with, like I said, I needed that external validation from people and be like, I needed to be cool. And for me, that was like, I have to be the athlete. Like I can't explore singing or theater or something like that because life is all about perception. So that was my reality. Perception is reality. So I probably would have dove a little bit more into that. When I did end up making the change when I was about 20, I was fortunate enough to study abroad and realized like how much I enjoyed just learning and exploring other countries and cultures. And that's really when my life started to change and my perspective started to change. Where'd you study? Uh, Florence, Italy. That's awesome. Yeah. And that brings up, that's perfect that you ended on that note because one of the things I didn't do was study abroad mm -hmm. because with my degree and with the sports and the things that I attached myself to, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't do that, quote unquote. And when I look back, that's one of the things, the question I answered you would have been, I should have went somewhere. Yeah. My buddy, one of my buddies, uh, he studied in New Zealand because he likes surfing and mm -hmm. just the stories he had from that. And he's like, yeah, I pretty much almost sailed every class, but the experience I had of like buying a, an old van and just like sleeping yeah. on the van and surfing. Now I don't surf, but I, in my head could envision, wow, like what if I had like given myself the opportunity to go somewhere mm -hmm. and just explore and be present rather than running the rat race of, I got to get my degree as fast as possible so that I can then jump to this next thing. Yeah. It can be whatever you make it. Like some people will study abroad or there's like a lot of cliches with studying abroad. Like, oh, study abroad changed my life. I truly believe any situation can change your life if you have the mindset that it will or could. So some people can go somewhere and not make, have any revelations or you can have a revelation anywhere. But I think it just like puts you in a place where you're around different people, different perspectives, and you can have those things that might change your perspective on things. And I got had a lot of people being like, why didn't you just finish out your last year? Like, why didn't you? And it was because, I mean, honestly, after the first year, I knew it wasn't what I was passionate about. But I, like I said, I was afraid not to. And I think I was like, I need to explore this or else and I know I have the opportunity to. Not everyone has the opportunity to. So I was like, I need to take advantage of this opportunity. But I mean, everyone's different. And I think I'm a huge believer in, you know, everything happens for a reason. And maybe like you weren't meant to do that. Or maybe you would have changed your pers your perspective on things. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason as well. And I know what I know now because of reflecting on the past and taking mm -hmm. more of an objective view than an emotional view on the past because here's the theoretical side of it. It's just like, if I had done that and then something bad happened while I did that, right? Like maybe that shifts my life in a whole different direction and I'm not sitting here. So mm -hmm. it, a lot of people look 
and this is an interesting thread to go down. A lot of people look at their past as if it's like, if that one thing changed, everything would have been great. But you don't know. You could have gotten hit by a car. Like I could have went <laughs> yeah. somewhere over there and gotten hit by a bus like mm-hmm. just because of that thing. So you only look at the good side when you yeah. look at changing your past. You don't look at the bad side. And I think that also happens with like with social media and what we were talking about earlier where – we look at, we're, we're afraid of what other people think. And I think that also stems from wanting to be other people. But mm-hmm. if you want to be someone else, you don't just get the good side of them. Yeah. Like you we get the bad We always compare stuff. ourselves to what we don't have and what other people do have. We never look at that other side. And that stems from like the worst, the worst culprit, I think, is comparing ourselves to our previous self. Yep. And oh, I wish I would have done this. But like, if you did do that, what other repercussions would have happened? You don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think I'm going to write about this because <laughs> I, I love this topic. Yeah. But I'd love to go more into uh, where you're at today and, and what's up in your world. And so you were 20. You kind of had this like little crisis. You ended up not playing your senior year. You got to study abroad and do all those cool things. How'd you end up here in Austin, Texas? Yeah, that's a funny story too. Um, I had no intention of being here. It's, I still think it's so random that I ended up here. Uh, right when I, I graduated a semester late from college and I did this whole trip that I had saved up for to do this solo travel trip from like January to March. So I went to Australia, New Zealand and Bali and it was like the most incredible experience. Definitely learned a lot in general and about myself. And then after that, I was really interested in moving to Australia because they have a working holiday visa that has like, if not now, when? So I had made the decision that that was something I wanted to do. Of course, the pandemic hit and that was not an option. And I was living at home and just was, okay, I'm not going to do that. So I don't want to live at home anymore. Like where, where else do I go? My friend who she actually doesn't live there anymore, lived in Dallas and she just randomly said, come to Austin for a weekend. We're going back in October. So I just, you know, I said, why not? I haven't, hadn't been anywhere since the pandemic hit. And I came here and I just kind of fell in love with it. I had great conversations with the great people. I remember the moment I made the decision to move here. I was driving past Zilker and the sun was setting and I saw the city skyline. And I was like, this place is awesome. No, had no idea this is what Texas could look like. I definitely had that like idea of what Texas looked like in my head being (laughs) from the East Coast. But I just had a good feeling about it. And I thought I've definitely struggled with decisions in the past, like really bad decision fatigue. But for some reason, when it comes to like really big decisions, it's like I have a split moment where I just know what is supposed to happen. And that happened with soccer as well. It's just one day I remember exactly where I was sitting in the car. Like I just knew what was next. And it was, that's how I felt that day. I was like, I don't know what's going to come out of it. I don't, I don't really know. And I used to be very much a planner. I still am a planner, but have dove more into like detaching myself from that. I just said, I'm just going to come here, whether it's for a year or I really like it and stay more, I'm just going to see what happens. So that's how I ended up in Austin. And I brought up also, I had that crisis at 20 and then around like 23 before, I mean, I think a lot of people during um, COVID kind of just like a lot of stuff came up and we questioned a lot of things uh, about ourselves, obviously a lot in the world as well. But one of the things was realizing 
I basically made these changes and didn't, I just was was like, oh, I'm just going to put that in the past and now I'm going to become this person without kind of like mourning that other person and really dealing with the shit that I, like my own toxic tendencies. So I like went through this whole thing of, and I'm still am now. I think like Austin, you have so many people here. You can have so many great conversations. I have like a revelation a day with the conversations I have of just kind of like healing that and really accepting ourselves now or accepting myself and I think that people that's the biggest thing is like learning to accept yourself now and realizing that there's still more you want to do or achieve but the most important thing is to accept yourself now I just went on a whole tangent but I just I just all came out in the process that's what podcasts but, are for yeah exactly just tangents <laughs> <laughs> um I yeah it's I think the thing I connect with there there's a couple things, but I wanted to note the the whole Texas thing because it just goes back to how flawed we are mm-hmm. in terms of thoughts based on, we thought Texas was a certain way based on someone else or something else telling us yeah. it's a certain way. Just, we took it as truth. Rather than attaching to what everyone should be attaching to, which is this everything is incontrollable and disassociate until you have the experience yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like more of an attachment to being unattached to things. And the most practical thing I have for anybody listening is the thing that helped for me is when I did come to Texas and was like, wow, like this is pretty awesome. I love it here and the experience I'm having and the people. Where else? was my perception wrong. Mm, I love that. And then digging into, okay, moving forward, how do I disassociate myself from any preconceived perceptions so that it doesn't hinder me from taking on new or unlearning things that were not for me? So what perceptions have changed in your reality since moving to Austin, Texas? I feel like it keeps coming back to this box comment, but like we just put (laughs) people and things in boxes and have no idea. Like I am such a believer, like I said, perception is reality and just making a conscious effort to be like, "Mm, that person's not exactly who I just made them out to be in my head. That thing isn't what I made it out to be. So yeah, just Texas in general. And I think we put certain areas in the country or in certain people like having certain beliefs and just taking like everyone as their own individual. So just like listening and having open conversations with people, I think has been the biggest thing for me and just wanting to listen. I think we're all kind of waiting to talk, not wanting to listen. So uh, talk about unlearning something. Yeah, that's a big, especially from the East coast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I still struggle with it too. I mean, that's how we're kind of wired. We want to, you know, talk about ourselves and we, it's hard for us to listen. And that was, you bring that up now with the whole unlearning back to that conversation before of something I really had to unlearn so, is that. So I've never said this on a podcast. Um, I just hit 100. And Congrats, by the way. Thank you. And what most people don't know, you're talking about unlearning things, right? So mm-hmm. you're hitting, and I used to be, super competitive, super um, like want to be the one answering the questions and and the captain. 
I still want to be that way, but for very, very different reasons. It used to be for the trophies, for the attention, for the things. I want to be that way today because it means that I'm putting myself through a process of becoming the best that I can be. It's a completely different thing. Um, it's me versus me versus it used to be against other people. Yeah. And the podcast, one of the reasons that I started it the most was to unlearn how much I had attached myself to wanting the spotlight rather with a podcast. Now I get to say, hey, Kayla, do you want to be on the podcast and like talk about shit that you find <laughs> that's cool? And yeah. I get to listen and learn mm -hmm. really. And every podcast I go back and I listen to what the guests have to say because then I learn something. Yeah. And it all started with the premise of unlearning yeah. the that need, I feel like that human need. And it stems from ego, which I've looked into where you have, to, we do need that mm -hmm. because I feel like the ego is what let you drop soccer and then move on to the next thing. It's just yeah. like you, you deep down, you knew something, yeah. right? So we can't lose that completely. Mm -hmm. um, but I just went on a tangent there because like, <laughs> I kind of just had a, a uh, a, something click there where revelation. Yeah, most people think that you start a podcast for a business or to get, to gain attention or to gain notoriety. But really, at the end of the day, I do certain things in my life, certain processes to help me get better at certain things. And one of them was having intellectual conversations um, where I could articulate ideas and help educate the world in a better way, and then also unlearn a lot of the the traits that I had growing up. But yeah, going back yeah. to you moving here and kind of like breaking that perception of, of different things. I'd love for you to describe a little bit of what you do here. Um, what you do isn't necessarily your job or attached to a career or things. This podcast is not about that. It's more of like, what do you do on your daily basis? Yeah. Like what does the life of Kayla look like now yeah. that you've kind of broken that perception in your fortunately here to add to our yeah. community here in Austin, Texas. I love that. I, I struggle with that question too, actually. I, I really like, what do you do? I've started responding to people who say that and like, I live, I live. I'm a now. lifer. I'm a lifer <laughs> because it's like, we have these surface level conversations. Like, what do you do? And then we automatically, it's like the first question. Then we put that person in a box based on like what they do for their career or whatever. So I love the way that you phrased it just being like, what do you do on a daily basis? Something that, I mean, you literally have like fuel your passion here. Something that I love to ask people instead of like, what do you do is just, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you do on a daily basis that lights you up? And that comes back to what I do now. And when it comes to listening is I, I'm a mindset and wellness coach. And I've taken a lot of what I've learned in my own experiences to be like, okay, how can I help other people discover for themselves, what lights them up and what makes them feel good about their life? What is gonna, what's the response that they have when they ask themselves every morning, what's gonna make me feel my best right now? So a day in the life looks like me asking myself that, knowing my intention. My biggest thing is one of my favorite quotes, um, I'll probably butcher it, but like by Maya Angelou is like, people won't remember what you did or said, they'll remember how you made them feel. So for me, my why is like, I wanna feel my best and I want other people to feel their best. Um, and how can we get there? What are like the micro habits and the mindset shifts that we can, take, we can do on a daily basis to get there? 
because like you said, we kind of talked about this before. We want everything now. We want it all right now. But at the end of the day, it's like it's got to be those micro habits that'll get you there. Yeah, it almost stems from I ask myself this and to give a practical approach is we mentioned college. Well, people give up four years for this literally at the end of the day, it's just a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper that allows jobs to you to basically confidently reach out to a, a, a company and feel like you can get that job. That's all it is at the end of the day. But when it comes to like our personal goals and the things that we want out of life, we want it literally right now. And it's like somewhere in our life, we for, when, when it's something that somebody else tells us we have to do, we're okay sacrificing the four years, the six years, the 10 years to become a doctor. But when it comes to ourselves and like, you wanted to maybe potentially sing, right? Well, if you want to be really good at singing, you're going to have to put a lot of hours into it. Eh, it's easier to just be like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? So in your line of work, what do you think causes people to put themselves second compared to like these, what we've been talking about, these external Mm-hmm. things like why why do we always end up putting our ourself and our wants and our needs second and we're not willing to kind of like show up every day and yeah. do the one hour that we need to do um but if our job tells us we have to do it it's like you know what i gotta do it like yeah. whatever why is that it's a really hard realization to have for a lot of people but it stems from not feeling worthy of it not feeling like we deserve it and it's really difficult to realize that we're getting in our own way the most. And as soon as we like make the choice or the decision that we are worthy of that, that's when things start to change. And it's, it's not like you're going to do that one day and wake up and just feel ever powerful to do everything. But it's like on a day-to-day basis, what are the little things you can do, the affirmations you can tell yourself, the journal prompts, like whatever helps you get there and realize that you do deserve it. You are worthy of feeling well. You are, it is your right to feel well. And I like using that word because with every right comes responsibility. So like you, you deserve it. You are worthy and you are capable of feeling your best. So what are the actions that you're going to put behind it? And what are the words that you're going to tell yourself every day to get there? Can you say that again? Every right. With every right comes responsibility. With every right comes responsibility. And that's, that's something that, I think we're we're living in a time frame where a lot of the the rights, quote unquote, that were granted used to not exist. So like again again, an example like phone, internet, social media, these certain things didn't exist ten years ago, right? So we're now coming under their we have a responsibility to like figure out how what is the appropriate way to use these different tools and use these different things in our life. And I think the reason that I'm bringing this up is I'm trying to like literally come full circle with our entire conversation of detaching yourself from external and and focusing on the now is these tools in our life, these like rights that a lot of us are granted, the responsible approach to them is learning how to let go and mm-hmm. not try to control the different yeah. things within them and say, you know what, like if this tool was taken away from me, it is what it is, where I'm just gonna have to adapt to that and have the responsibility to adapt to that. And I think that adaptation then stems from like 
our ability to embody what it is we truly want to do mm-hmm. in this world. Like how do we start doing those things? And again, like for me, it's like the best way to use things as a tool is to embody what do I want out of mm-hmm. life and then the tool stays the tool rather than it's controlling you. Yeah. And I think letting go of perfectionism too. It's like, I'm no different than you. I'm not, I'm saying all these things, but like I have days where I struggle or I'm like have this need to feel perfect, but it's like knowing that there's going to be those ups and downs, but like saying those things to yourself, letting go, even when it's hard and some days you will fail, but not letting that, I don't even like saying fail. Like it's like no failures, only lessons learned. So just taking that with you to the next day. Okay. It's a new day. How can I better let go of the things I can't control and how can I embody who I want to be? So. Yeah, that's literally, it's that simple, Mm -hmm. but it's not easy. It's not easy. Much easier (laughs) said than done, but that's why I love what I do now as a coach. I went through a coaching program myself and it's like the coach isn't the guru, the healer. They're not going to necessarily tell you stuff that you don't already know, but it's like having that support and that, that person, it's like a partnership that just wants nothing more than for you to be your best self. And also something just really changes when you invest in yourself. I know for me, it's like something neurologically goes off. Like I have, it's it's like back to the whole worth thing. I'm making a conscious choice and decision to tell myself I'm worthy of feeling my best and I'm, in, I'm investing in myself to get there. It's the best investment you can make. So I wouldn't be preaching what I do now if I didn't go through it myself and it wasn't such a catalyst for change for me. So now I'm just trying to help people realize that you don't have to do it all alone. I mean, at the end of the day, like you have to know what you want and what's going to be best for you, but reach out for support, you know, like find the people that are going to want to help you get there and surround yourself with those types of people. And that comes full circle as well, coming from the sports. Like you were on, you played soccer, like your best teams didn't have just one player that carried the entire team. Mm-hmm. It was like a team sport for a reason. And I think, again, we go from that to this world where we're, we think we have to do it all alone. And really, again, going back to the the tools we're using today, social media, internet is showing one side of things and it makes people look like they're doing it all on their own. But at the end of the day, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always like to give our guests the opportunity to kind of like uh, talk about a little bit of who their target audience is and who, what types of clients you work with. So that way, maybe somebody that's listening to us right now could potentially reach out and work with you. So yeah. who is the type of client that's, if they're listening right now, um, who do you typically work with and, and help? I think in all honesty, it can be anyone who resonated with what we were talking about and just feels like if it clicked in your brain that it was something you resonated with and you're like wanting to invest in yourself, there's a reason, like there's a reason you're listening to this. There's a reason it's happening for you right now. If you have like the slightest urge to do that, then, then do it. But I would say like, if you were more like practical in the age range, I would be people around my age are like 20, between 20 and 40 really, who are trying to just go that one step further and really take, it's funny, not take control. We are not in that much control, but like embody who you want to be and figure out what that means for you. So that's pretty much the type of person. Anyone who's just willing to have a beginner's mindset and make some mindset shifts in their life. Heck yeah, I like that. We as children always have a beginner's mindset because everything is new. And then when we're older, it's like, 
we try all these things and we kind of stick to what we're good at yeah. because we don't want to be seen a certain way. So and having that beginner's thing. mindset, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an ego thing. And I'm all, I'm all for coaching and I have mentees and mentors and, and I think, to be honest, now that I think about it, a lot of what clicks when you're coaching and when you're, if you're being coached or coaching is the fact that you're allowed to talk about your flaws and approach things is like, I don't know if this is going to work. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, and then the coach no is the person. So. Yeah. And the, the, per, the coach there is just like, let's fucking go and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And then we adjust as we go, as we go along the line. So I love that. And that's what we, that's what we do again as a, going back to the team sports, like you win one game and then you lose the next. Like, it's not like the world ends. It's just yeah. like, okay, these are the things that we need to do. These are the things we need to work on to embody the winning champion team that we need. So yeah. I love how this whole conversation went. Uh, unfortunately, we're getting close to wrapping up. So we just have a few more questions. If someone were to have loved what you were talking about here, uh, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, I, I actually never got into this just with my, my Instagram page is having healthy habits. So you can go on there, send me a DM. I have my coaching application and, and free discovery call link in my bio. You can do that or just send me a DM or just follow along. I post all this stuff about my own journey and just you know everything that we've talked about today. So you can find me on there. I do have a website. It's just kaylachristian.com. Um, definitely more active on Instagram, but yeah, go ahead and give me a follow or shoot me a DM. Awesome. And one of the, I wanted to kind of keep you away from the Instagram a lot, uh, your Instagram, because uh, what I like to do on the podcast is kind of talk about things maybe somebody hasn't talked about in a yeah, while and no, I love that. bring up different things. And, but now do one minute of like, how'd your Instagram start yeah. and, and what is having healthy habits? Well, I love that you did that and you're mentioning that because that's just goes to show too, especially when you get into good conversation about things. Like it didn't even cross my mind to talk about that because we just got so deep into other things. But I mean, I just started that, I was like two years-ish, a year and a half, two years ago. I started with just kind of sharing recipes and different things and it's kind of just blossomed into my own journey, connecting with like-minded people um, and trying to, you know, myself embody my most authentic self and connect with people who want to do the same. I actually just got my first international client and that's the one cool thing about social media. I have you know, there's a lot of ups and downs with social media, but the cool thing is, is being able to connect with people from yep. all around the world. Not just that, but also people who are interested in wanting to be their best self. So um, it definitely shifted a lot into now what I do. Like I'm very into mindset and the why behind why we do things. So it's grown from just like the food realm to, you know, wellness as a whole, because wellness encap- encompasses so much more. It's relationships. It's it's, you know, creativity, spirituality, your home environment, all these different things. So Yeah, you're practicing what you preach by evolving. I'm trying. I'm yeah, trying. <laughs> I love that. And it's it's much that's how Thrive started. It was like it started as one thing and then continues to evolve. And I hope to just continue to evolve. Yeah, I love what you're doing here. It's yeah, amazing. I appreciate that very much. Um it it gets better and better only because everybody that gets to sit down here each and every week um is just I, I take that as as a right that I have to take responsibility for now. I love it. Um, and I've had to. So it's really cool. Thank you so much again. I have one more question mm-hmm. um, that I ask everybody at the end is, what does thriving mean to you? 
You could take a couple mm. couple seconds on this That's one. It's a good question too. I think thriving is having the self-respect and courage to live a life that you enjoy. And I use those two terms because it's like being courageous enough to take that leap and to really, how many times can I say embody, but embody like what it is that you love and having the self-respect that goes back to the whole worth thing, like knowing that you deserve to thrive, you deserve to feel well. So that's what thriving means to me. It's interesting because the world makes you believe that you have to be one way, mm-hmm. right? But at the end of the day, if you figure out your way and your unique path, you then encourage other people to find their own unique path. And that is a thriving world yeah. where we're not all the same. And I love the word self-respect because self-respect is what gets you to that unique path mm-hmm. is like having the respect of yourself to truly dig deep um, call yourself out and and hold yourself to a standard so I love the way that you answered that and again thank you so much for stopping by here today and spending some of your time with me at the end of every episode I look back and reflect on what kind of the biggest thing was for me and this is an easy one it was the with every right you have a responsibility and I think that's what the world needs right now. It's like we have such an abundant world right now. Like, and I've said it before, you can get things delivered to your doorstep like in a within the day. Like I ordered, I needed a new air conditioner filter um, going into summer now, and we can get it delivered by Prime within one day, like now. And there's people out there that don't realize that that comes with a responsibility to reflect and understand how good a lot of us do actually have it. And that I think for me, what that makes me think of is a negative action begets a negative action. Like if you're on social media and you're worried about what other people are saying and you don't like what people are saying and you are negative on there, it's not going to get any positive reaction to you. But if you're positive, at least there's a chance of some positivity coming from that. So I love that. Uh, and it just reminds me to to be responsible with the things that I'm doing in my life and the different things that I, I am granted and, and grateful to have. So thank you so much again, Kayla. Yeah, thank for you so much for having me. Here today. And to the audience out there, um, always looking for feedback and, and help to get better. So if you'd love to connect with me, please connect with me on Instagram at cj.finley or on the Thrive on Life podcast page at thriveonlife.com slash podcast um, or DM us at Thrive on Life podcast. Really appreciate you. It's, um, I think this is episode 102. Um, so I'm really looking forward to everything that's to come. I hope all of you have a wonderful rest of the beginning of your summer and I'll mm-hmm. chat with you soon. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.